Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So what is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. How is everybody? Are you guys getting ready to celebrate Easter by listening to some old uh, Bill Hicks albums? The late great comedian Bill Hicks. He has a couple choice words to say about Easter. Anyways, it's a busy time here at the headquarters. We've got a lot of big changes coming up. Uh, but more importantly, today's show is the first one ever featuring an art collector. A real deal art collector. And it's a really good one. Yes, sir. Jens Peter Blask came by, collector extraordinaire, and he told us about how and why he collects art. I found it really interesting. We'll be able to get to that in just a second because I really don't have an idea about what's going on out there right now. Yeah, I'm building myself a new studio, and by God, I'm doing it right this time. You know, you can only get by on bullshit for so long. So it's expensive, and it's an exceptional amount of work, but yes, oh yes, it's going to be good when I'm done. I guess that makes me a grown-up now. But I did see one thing. Have you guys seen this? There's an event at Kunsthal Aarhus, which you probably remember recently got former guest of the show, Jakob Fablesius, as their artistic director, those lucky, lucky dogs. Anyways, it's called Mastering the Art of Contemporary Art, and they built a TV kitchen inside the space and they're holding performances there i've just seen some pictures and some video but the premise is amazing and it looks amazing it's such a cool idea there's audience lined up like it's a tv taping it just looks really really cool so i don't know if i'll be able to make it over there to Aarhus because of the aforementioned studio i'm building but you definitely should it looks really 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 good and of course there'll be a link in the show notes for this episode go check it out that's it. Please enjoy my talk with graffiti artist, collector, and one hell of a nice guy, Jens Peter Blask, and have yourself a happy, happy Easter. But yeah, the restaurant business is... Uh are you happy to be out of it? Of course, you will always miss it when you have been there for 14 years. It's like a horse. You can always smell the circus around the corner, right? So it's... Um, yeah. Are you a cook? Is that your background? No, no, no. I can't cook at all. <laughs> Why? So, what was it that brought you into opening a restaurant? It was just a coincidence. A friend opened up something and... Um, I joined him and later we opened a nightclub together and then it was just from that time it have been just been growing. Yeah. Getting uh I mean it's 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 a lifestyle, right? Doing that thing. I just I just remember that the whole like working late, sleeping late, getting up, buying the food or doing whatever business needs to be done in the afternoon and then it starts again, you know, and every night it's just that slow build up and then slow <laughs> Uh, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, a lot of energy, a lot of time, and it's um, it's pretty it's pretty hard. Yeah. Where does art fit in? Art fit in because you, if you're doing the restaurant business, then it's kind of you're not getting very clever. Don't get me wrong. To serve beers, make cafe lattes, serve food. It's it's very nice and it's inconvenient, but it's not like something like when you go at work, it's like, okay, today I have to make like 300 draft beers or 200 lattes or open fine bottles of wine, whatever. It's not like I'm getting something out of it. It's a different kind of stimulation, you know, like you just don't have that. I don't know. It's very one-sided, I guess, you know, because you're always talking about business. You're always talking about the world you're in. Uh, yep. but yeah. it is you know it's it is what it is so it's it's very nice but it's it's not like I feel like I'm getting clever I'm, I'm learning something new every day you know mm. well let's go back where um, 
You're the first collector we've ever had on the show. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it's something I've been interested in a long time because uh, it's an important role in the art world, which I think is not discussed very often. You know, in the U.S., there's a lot about, like, uh, collectors keep the market afloat. And, you know, there's so little public funding for art in the U.S., so collectors play more. But here, there isn't... I don't feel like uh, collectors... I don't feel like they uh, they occupy the same role. I don't want to say they don't have respect, but they don't they don't occupy the same role here uh, outside of the gallery world. You know, maybe a gallery has a specific relationship to a collector, but other than that, uh, they don't have much influence. Uh, but maybe I shouldn't say that. What do you think? Do you think that uh, that there is uh, like what do you think the role of, of of a collector is in Denmark? It's of course it's something different from. The states, because in the states, people have like tons of more money, and they can build their own museum, and there's some other things with the tax and art and stuff like that. But I still think collectors in Denmark are quite huge and have a really big knowledge about what goes on on the market. Not just like they just buy a lot of times. You know, people buy stuff like long time before the museum Saturday, the last Saturday. I went to the opening at uh, Salon Dios, mm-hmm. Live Dios, another mm-hmm. collector. Yeah, he's a big one. Exactly. Had a show at uh, Mongrobhus, and um, in his speech, he's talked about that he bought William Kendrick's 17 years ago, and now Luciana bought it, and I was like, okay, he bought it 17 years ago. It's, it's like a decade. Right. So the collectors can still buy and get stuff when they want and when they feel like, and the museum's keep saying like they have to be like a huge name before they can buy it because if they have it in the collection they can't get rid of it it's a part of the law you know the danish law with museums if they buy something they can't sell it they have to have it forever really yeah it's true in the museum so they have tons of artwork that nobody cares about that Mm, some probably have yeah i mean i imagine you can't make the right purchase every time right (laughs) if you buy 17 years later like (laughs) when you're talking about william kendrick's then it's of course then you're like He's not just a rising star. He's, right, then he's it's a, safer. Exactly. Yeah. But I still think like a lot of them buy like way too late and they don't have any chances. Well, if you think about collectors are probably the only people with purchasing power who don't have to answer to anybody. Of course, we don't have to answer to anybody. Somebody is like, is have to answer to the wife, you know, somebody has <laughs> That's that's another okay, story. Agreed, agreed. Then it's like because they don't have the shoes on home, but that's another story. Yeah. But no, we don't have to answer to anybody. But still, you know, I also think the museums they shouldn't answer. You know, if if somebody is hired to buy art, then mm. the border or who else they have to report to have to listen to them and say yes, of course, <clears throat> you buy that piece and you you bought that piece because it's. A great piece. You believe in the artist. So sometimes we also have to believe in people if we hire them to do a job. Right. But that's, you know, there's always going to be arguments about that, especially in the context of a board versus a single buyer, you know. Of course. There's a lot of power players, <clears throat> politics, etc. Yeah, but still, you know, we have to as well to support, like if the museum stays, support like the Danish art scene or the Danish galleries. Yeah. So they... If Peter Doig have a solo show in Copenhagen, it's probably not going to happen now. But if he had, at that time, of course, the Danish Museum should support the Danish galleries and buy the pieces from a Danish gallery, right. not buy it from overseas. Right, buy it from an auction somewhere else at some point. <clears throat> of course, if it's one piece they specific want and it's an auction, it's they will get it. Yeah. Well, where does it start for you? What's your What's your background? Are you Do you have any uh, history as a practicing artist? I used to do a lot of graffiti in, in the mid eighties. Ah, uh, that's the entry point. <laughs> yeah, and then I did graffiti from eighty six to ninety three, and then I stopped. 96. And then in two thousand and seven, um, I came back. I needed like fourteen years to have a break, and I came back. Breaks are good. Breaks are good, and you know you. You come in fresh and you don't know what happened for 14 years and then you're like, you're in the game again. Yeah, well, I mean, the narrative doesn't matter anymore at that point. You get to do whatever you want. You're free, you know. 
Yeah, and graffiti for me is still like you know it's it's a time I can take off and I can paint and right. you know I'm I'm not a great artist and I'm never going to be it and I don't have that I should be and it's not my plan that I want to be an artist but I really enjoy to take some hours off with friends and paint on a legal fence legal wall whatever and just right. chill and take it easy and right. You know, right, but better than going and getting drunk somewhere and just talking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after two uh, two a.m., then nothing is going to happen. Yeah, out in the nightlife. Yeah. Did uh, did was it hip hop music that brought you to graffiti, or was it? Uh... I listen a little bit to Run DMC, Public Enemy, Beastie Boys, but have always more been into like heavy metal so not really mm. hip hop music it was part and still it's a part of the culture mm. but it has never really been my game to listen to hip hop music a previous guest on the show told me that um, the public TV station here at some time in the 80s played the PBS documentary about uh, about graffiti uh, what's it called is it Wild Stuff? Wild Style, yes yeah which is a and great Star movie. Wars. And Star Wars. That's what I'm thinking of, Star Wars. That's a great movie. Uh, but that happened, and then overnight here in Denmark, everyone was like, what? You know, what is this? <laughs> did you? Did that happen to you? Did you see that and that where you caught it? I saw it, but that was in 85, and I started in 86, so I was a little later. Mm. But of course, it's, you know, it became from everybody listened, saw it, and so on, so that was... A part of the game, but no, I saw it later, and then I was like, okay, I needed to start, and I started like, I think like in the end of '86, and then in '87, and from that end, I was I was like active and did a lot of graffiti. Mm. What brought you off the streets and into the gallery? Um, I started my own business, and then it was like time to say now I have employees and I have a. Responsibility. No, I, I can't get arrested for uh, vandalism. Exactly, and uh, you know, um, I have to tell my employees that they have to be here at ten o'clock. So you know, I think it was like a natural step that I need to grow up and say, okay. Not that I think it's childish in any way to paint graffiti. I love it and I still do, but mm. I needed to say, okay, now I have to focus on the business, not my. That's a question of responsibility and what price you're willing to pay, right? Exactly, and I, and I wanted to to work like really, really, really full time on my business. So I yeah. I didn't have the time as well. So it was like I think it just like s- slowly like faded out, and you know, it makes sense. I mean, the, also graffiti has changed tremendously in those years. At one point, it was just vandalism in the public eye. There was never any, you know, or at least there wasn't at that point. Except for a select few people who saw it as art, they saw it as defacing public property or private property, and uh, now it has also migrated into uh, into a an arts context, a public uh, arts context, a gallery arts context, all those. Uh, but you know, people forget that in the late nineties, early or sorry, late eighties, early to nineties, uh, that was the case. It was not ever really seen as being a, a proper thing to do yeah, no 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 I agree but now it's like you know some of the early graffiti artists like Futsua seeing all these guys played you know Lee they really live off doing graffiti and a lot of uh, graffiti artists turned into like artists sure Who's Me Now made the jump real well he exactly does, he the does everything is- yeah, you know, we could say Cause, we could say Banksy, Metsy, you know, a lot of great graffiti artists turned into a great artist. Sure, Twist. Uh, Crash, all these bio, Ted's, all Ted's crew, you know, mm, there's mm. tons of names, you know, who really, and still do, you know, graffiti and do the art and try to make the to 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 make graffiti and art work together really well mm. well did you did you kind of go into galleries and 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 that part of the art world via graffiti something like v1 gallery which worked more on especially back in the day more on uh, graffiti style street art uh, 
I started to buy '93, and we won is from 2002 oh, or 2003. Earlier, yeah. So that was 10 years before we won. But I've been supporting we won from day one. I actually think I don't think I know that I bought the first piece they ever sold. So uh, and I bought like a couple of pieces from them since that time. So yeah, I got you know from we won. I bought very early uh, for two. Uh, Banksy, Shepard Ferry, right. all what they had, like all these guys. So yeah, I've been supporting. But but when I started in '93, it was Michael Quium, Christian Lemmers, Martin Beekum, Baldor, like some of our Danish really good artists. Mm. Baldor just came back. I saw exactly. He made a beautiful show. I think it ends. It ended last week. Yeah. At Martin Aspect. But he'd also been gone for 15 years or something like that, hadn't he? Yeah, I think like 10 years-ish. Yeah. yeah. But he used to paint, and then he started to do work with photo and did some manipulation, and now it's photo and manipulation again. So in, in, in 1993, what did it look like out there? There was a lot less galleries at that point. Yeah, maybe like 10 Aspect Gal- family. Aspect yeah. was there. Fawaskor was there. Oh, right. Nikolai Vandner was also. That was I think, his old space in the basement, right? Yeah, in Stockholmska. Yeah. Maybe that was in '95. I can't really remember. But you know, it's it. Of course, there was a couple of less galleries, but that was also that time a, a, a high quality of the gallery in Copenhagen. Okay, because I've heard people talk about it was very limited at that time. Not that they weren't good, but that there was less variation. You didn't have have the choice you have nowadays. Of course you have a, a bigger choice now, but still I think the, the variation and the choices were still really good at that time. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's all a question of uh, how much you're paying attention, I guess. You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're everywhere and seeing what everybody's doing, then there's more options. Of course, you know, and when you know the gallery, it's 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 easier to look fast what they have. Like when you didn't know so much, then you had to to look more into everything to see what they were doing, comparing to you know what you're doing mm. now, because you know the gallery, you know the artist, so it's you can eat, you can do it faster now than you could at that time. Right, right, absolutely. Because you didn't know the artist, and you probably didn't know all the gallery, so it was like a bigger work to to put into it. Right. Right, there's more separation, higher fences between the parts. I wouldn't say fences, but you still have to, <clears throat> when you know the gallery and you know like these artists, and then if they have a solo show, that artist that you have seen like one or two shows with the artist, you know the the artist's works, the CV, you know what goes on. Yeah. At that time, you have to look into everything, and you didn't know the artist, so it, it, it you used more time and look into everything that you do now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And I imagine the nature of it's changed a lot with uh, with the internet, of course, which everybody's talked to death that idea, but it is true that there's, <laughs> there's a lot more uh there's a lot more whatever you want to say access or at least some sort of uh, illusion of access. Uh There's and yeah, of course it's um you know, the internet and then like blogs came and websites and Twitter, Facebook, and... Instagram's a big one. Yeah, Instagram, and, you know, I have never been really good about writing, and I don't really care about writing. For me, it was like the picture, mm. to actually to see it and do it. So when Twitter came, I tried to be on it. I still think I'm on it. I never use it. I have no idea my access code, my name, or anything. And then Instagram came, and I'm from the beginning, I was like, fuck, this is great, because it's it's a picture, so it's so easy, and... You know, all the artists, they love it because it, it's it's not complicated. Everybody can just take the smartphone. Yeah. Bang, it's up from the studio. This is what I'm doing now. And you get the feedback straight away. You yeah. get the feedback as well on Twitter. But it's more about talking about here's a picture and, and art. You have to you have to see it Yeah. like in real life. Of course, it's not in real life when it's on a tablet, computer, smartphone, whatever. Mm. You still... Like have an idea what it is. It's so, real so, time in a way, also. Yeah, so and you like this is and what you I'm working on right now, and you feel like you actually know the artist or are close to the artist. If it's a studio shot and it's taking right now, you know we could be sitting here at Nurbo and an artist from down under New York, LA, whatever, 
can post a picture now and we can see like a second later you know the yeah. blogs was like take a picture with your camera go home put the pictures in get the time to upload it make the codes right blah 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 it, you know it, it it wasn't as fast as a smooth like Instagram and Twitter for me with the artist never worked yeah so it's really good and you know the artist and the galleries also use it a lot to see like about shows sneak previews go visit the artist in the studio so that's really a lot about it you make me want to get an instagram account i love it it's the best it's it's amazing for art and you know if if you want to watch any rock stars as well they are pretty good as well and it's like <laughs> you can also see the video and some of the artists is like in their house so you also feel like actually i know that person right 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 oh there's their cat <laughs> <laughs> that's a very 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 funny story at um I am a huge Formula One fan, and um, I'm not a fan of Louis Ham- Louis Hamilton. It's not personal, but you know, he's just not your guy. No, I'm I'm for Ferrari, so he's not. And then somebody told me like, yeah, go and look at him, and I saw him, and I, he's just you know, he's posting his dog, he's posting if he goes to a fashion show, and he's actually really good at it. So it's really funny, and actually, I feel like. I know him, and then last week I went to Barcelona to see the Formula One test, and I saw him, and I was just like, "Hey, how are you?" It's just like I've I've seen him so much on Instagram. So, like, oh, we're buddies. Exactly. I was like, and after I was like, "Who the fuck?" Of course, you don't know who I was, but I was like, he, he, I just thought he was my friend because I've seen him so much. So it's also it can be a little scary. Like, yeah. it is weird. Those boundaries kind of become a little more blurry. But he was he just said hello, and then he of course walked by and. Uh, I smiled at him and it was like it was really funny because I'm sure that happens all the time for someone like that because it because a lot of people probably feel that access and then of course everybody thinks that they know them and you know I wasn't like a stalker it wasn't like I right I just said hey how are you and, and right. moved on say hi to your wife for me <laughs> I think he's, he's single so no I did not yeah um, but what happened tell me you said you started in '93 yeah. Uh, did, was it an accident or did you wake up one day and said, God damn it, I want to build an art collection or, you know? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think like it was a coincidence. And then you like, when you start to collect, you get that rush, you get the rush. And I think like if you have the collector inside you, it could be like stamps, stickers, books, whatever. Yeah. And then I, I used to collect actually both stamp and stickers. And then you also grow up, not to say if you collect stamp or stickers that you're not growing up, but... It changes. It changes. And I had my time with that. And I actually still have my collection of stamps and stickers. It's not hmm. huge. It's like a moving box with each of them. And I still keep them as a, as a souvenir, as like a part of my... Before I started to collect art. So it is, yeah. it's a part of the collection, but it's... It's not like the art collection, it's the, the collection of stamps and stickers. And then I moved on and then I started to collect. And of course, in the beginning, you bought a painting, took it home, put it on the wall. And then at once time, then you, there's no wall space anymore. And then you start to uh, to take something down, put something new up. And then, then you know you, it's serious. Then you move and then you get a, like a bigger house, bigger apartment, and there's more walls. And then you move again. And then you move up and then at like at once, you need like a, a massive house to put all the artwork in. So, uh, <laughs> and then you need like, okay, I need a storage. And then, then, you know, it's when you have a storage with your art, then, you know, like, this is like the line where it's, it's getting sick. Yeah. This is now at the point where it's, uh, you know, I have to hire people to help me manage it. <laughs> There's no return now. It's like, okay, I can't just, of course you can stop collecting, but then, you know, we have to start to, Get things out of the collection. Well, it kind of reminds me, I was thinking about graffiti, especially back in the day, how everyone had their flick book and they would show it to each other. And it was a little bit like a, a stamp collection in a weird way. You'd be like, check out these, check out what I have, these precious objects, which showed something which obviously you weren't collecting objects, but you were, had this, this, this intimate thing, which you showed and shared and talked about. And, and, and that kind of seems in a way parallel to me to a stamp collection, for example, or something like that. Yeah, as a graffiti artist, you have in, in Denmark, we call it a black book. In the States, they call it a sketchbook. 
And it's it's basically a, a book where you have all your pieces, all your paintings you have done in that book. So it's it's like a souvenir book. It's like a treasure. It's like look what I have done. Book. Yeah. And people would always share them and talk about it, and I'll oh, check this out. And yeah, but you know the guys who really hit the trains hard. Of course, they don't walk around the street with the boogies, <laughs> and they, it would be very easy for the police just to knock on the shoulder and say, "Can you come with me and take the book?" And it's the evidence for all the things that they True. have done. So yeah, but it of course it's it's you know the um, the book about what what you have been doing. So it's 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 quite big because you. You can see all the pieces. You can see everything. Mm, mm. What was the first piece you bought? Do you remember? Yeah, in '93, it was a Michael Quiam piece I bought in at that time. That's a big. That's a big, uh, big place to start. Yeah, I felt like I liked it, and then it was like, just do it. Was it a uh, spur of the moment? You didn't plan it. No, I didn't really plan it. Actually, I had to go for for my brother to. Um, he bought he uh, I should go and buy a piece from him at that exhibition and uh, I ended up buying one as well for myself and then it was like I started ah, and, your brother got you into it or at least he was the impetus for being he, there. he 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 asked me to go and buy a piece to him at that show he at that time he was living in London and I was like yeah I did it and then I also got a piece and then it just like started from that time did you get a little bump from it did you feel just like ooh yeah, it's a nice it, feeling. It was a nice feeling, and at, at that time, uh, I couldn't afford to buy it. So I was like, okay, when I need to pay it, I need to work out how I do it. So it was right, which makes it a little more dangerous, a little exactly. more transgressive. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I shouldn't do this, but oh, what a rush! Whatever, let's do it. It's, it's the same <laughs> like when you um, when we were younger and you did crime graffiti and you have to jump a fence or whatever, and then it was like you know, right. it, it was the rush. It was like the same rush. To buy it, it still can be if, if there's a piece you have been looking for for a long time, and then you find it and then you buy it, then it's like also like that, like mm, right, the, conquer, the thrill of the hunt and the, conquer. Like I need that piece. Yeah. Do you see any like so now you've been at it for a while? You have a storage space. Uh, how many pieces do you own? Do you know? I think like more than five hundred. Okay, that's pretty good. That's all right. I was afraid you'd be like, I have 20,000 artworks. <laughs> I doubt anybody in Denmark have so many pieces. Yeah. Uh, but um, but do you do you follow any sort of plan? Do you have a vision for, for your collection? Do you look at it as like a legacy thing, like the JP Blast collection? Or do you, uh, is it more like, oh, I like that. That's fun. Or I like that person or... I just have to like the art piece, then it's. And of course, a natural thing will your your tastes will have some sort of order. You know, people probably on the outside will be able to see some sort of rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, of course. You know, there's a there's a line in everything. Of course, if you have a mm. like a ceramic and you have a neon piece, then there's like a little in between. But you can still, even if you take all the pieces and put them together, you can you can see it works together. Yeah. But maybe now it's just like from one piece to another, it'd have to be the connection in between to see how it works. But mm. there's an idea. And, but basically I just have to like the art piece and I buy it. There's no, no, it don't have to be further than that or anything else. Right. Like I was saying, you don't have to answer anyone except for maybe someone at home. I don't have to answer anybody. If I like it, I buy it. Yeah. That's it. That's nice. Yeah. Is it based also off of your relationship to the artist or the gallery, or is it strictly between you and the artwork? Of course, if you know a gallery very well, and they come and say, look at this, and then if you like it, that's what a good gallerist or art dealer is, that they have to, to tell you about new pieces, you know. Right, and you get, a, you, get, you get some sort of access, perhaps, that that not everyone would have. They might go to you first with something new because they know you might appreciate it. You can be lucky. If you know the gallery very well, they can do it, yes. Yeah. But you know also, you know, it's, it's today it's like, it's not so often that I really get like, I've never heard about that artist or never seen it. And then you see it, it's like, wow, you always know something about it. And if not, it might be an artist 
who have told you about that artist, so you have seen or look online or mm. Instagram, whatever, and you know something about it. Do you spend a lot of time researching? We're not researching, but paying attention, looking. Around. I don't. I, I I use a lot of time, but I can also use like, you know, time if I have to go to somewhere if I'm too early or traffic or waiting or something. I just take your phone, look at it, and then when you have the meeting or something else, just you know. Go on. I had a meeting yesterday, and she was 15 minutes late, and I just had time to reply some emails, and I was looking Instagram hashtags, whatever, and then she came, put the phone away, and into the meeting. So it's you can always also use it when you have time to it. It's not like I'm saying okay from 12 to one today. I have to sit down and look at it and do it when I have the time when I walk up the street. Right. Well, that's that access we were talking about earlier. You know, you can just. Uh Yeah, you know, yeah, like you say, 15 minutes, great. What's up with this? And just poke around in a little corner and then uh, come back later. Exactly. When uh, you know, when I was painting graffiti, there was like no internet, and when you have to show pieces of something to somebody, you have to take a photo. Then you have to go down and get it made, and then you have to like show it. It was like, of course, you could get it made in in some hours, yeah, uh, and pay for it. But pay it, up, yes, right. But well, yeah. it, it it was. Something else, you know. I remember the days of when you applied for stuff, you had to send slides. The photographing of the artwork was exactly. a huge deal. And, you know, I sent in, I still have stacks of hundreds of slides of terrible artworks I made 15 years ago, you know. Exactly. I remember, like you said, the galleries were sending them out. Yeah. Was sending to the States, you know, had to take the photo, have to make it, have to mail it. Somebody had to open it, look at it. It could take months, where now it's like five seconds later. Yeah. That's handy. I, I I do like that that you have that sort of uh, immediate. Yeah, uh, you don't waste any time. Yeah, yeah. Because Jesus Christ, man, all that you know, and people didn't know how to photograph, so you had to fuck it up a couple of times, oh. and you know, oh boy. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. As, is your collection mostly Danish artists, or does uh, does that follow any sort of? Uh, no, it's it's whatever. everything. Yeah. A lot of Danish artists, but a lot of artists from the states, mm -hmm. like really a lot. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's important to to support the local art and the local galleries, but of course, it has to be quality as well, so you don't have just to support to support. It has to be good. It'd be limited if you only could work out of Denmark. Exactly, and uh, but but also, as we talked about, a lot of the Danish galleries, the quality is so good, so they get like artists with a huge quality in the gallery, so you can actually buy artists from other countries with mm -hmm. like a really talent or huge artist in Danish gallery. And of course you have to try to as much as possible to support the Danish galleries instead of buying a piece yeah. somewhere else out of the country. As, as you know, as a person who didn't grow up here, I'm pretty impressed by, by the Danish art scene because the city is not so big. You know, if you talk about other world cities, about a million Correct. people, So let's say Lyon, France. I think it's about a million people. Same size. But Copenhagen has a, a much bigger and much richer art scene. Uh, and that has to do with it being the capital, etc. Uh, what else do you think does that? <clears throat> But I just think that the galleries have been good of education and getting people to look at art. And we have a lot of really good museums. Mm. But also, you know, if you have a if you look like a city like Aarhus, they still have like four or five really good galleries, and they have Aras, so it's a Aarhus great is, museum. It's one of the best, so it's it's amazing. Still, like not only the capital, but other cities in Denmark as well can do it because it's everybody looks like okay. What is the main city doing? Like, mm. if you look at the states, then it's New York, New York, New York. LA and then it's like and fuck you Chicago <laughs> <laughs> Detroit <laughs> you know even if uh, the states have uh, or New York or uh, US have 50 uh, states then it's like mainly New York LA and of course like Philadelphia Washington Detroit My, blah, blah, Miami blah, blah, blah. a little bit yeah but Miami have the art fair it's not right. really like Miami have like of course they have good galleries but it's not like they have like tons of them Right. And if the art fair left, that would be a major blow. <laughs> Then the uh, start of December in Miami would be pretty boring. Yes. 
but do you do you chalk up the the quality of Danish museums, for example, to the role of the state in uh, in supporting it? Do you think that plays a pretty big uh, part of it, or do you think it's more individual drive of um, I don't know visionaries, uh, directors? Um, I think it's a combination of, of of both. I think that that the quality is really good, and of course, it's because the people who runs the different museums they know what's good and they want to take chances and do stuff. Like again, asked you know they really show like younger and really contemporary and really artists like rising stars and mm-hmm. they they want to do stuff and they didn't of course they care because but they they also ready to take some chances to see okay let's fucking do it yeah and they do it you know and then we can see some great shows and then in like some years we can see yeah you know look at that 15 years ago what we did and as we also talked about there's also some things that you don't mention because it it didn't, the expectation didn't live up to what happened, you know, so. Well, that's the nature of experimentation. You're not going to get anything great if you don't fall flat on your face sometimes, too. Exactly. So, you know, you have to, on the way, on, on your on your road in the life, you also have to to jump some some bumps uh, in, the, in the road. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, it's just not living the fast way on the highway on, on the left side of the road all the way. Yeah. You mentioned you have a lot of work by American artists. Do you have a special relationship to the U.S.? It's my favorite country, and I just love it. The energy, everything, and when you go to New York, you can see so many things, and it's like, I feel when I'm in New York, I can like sleep five hours, and I have energy for like 19 hours. And It's a powerful place. Yeah, and it's it's a dangerous place as well because uh-huh. it's it's it can take all the energy out of people, you know, if you It'll chew you up and spit you out for sure. Exactly, and it's 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 a hard city if you don't have money to live in. Oh yeah. You know, you use even if you take the metro to get around, um then it's you know, you use time and it's it's just expensive, mm. you know. Yeah. And you have to do so much stuff all the time. Then you have to see friends, museums, collections. Then you have to go visit artists. It's like, for me, New York, it's, it's pretty hectic. It's like the program is just, okay, start at 8 o'clock, goes up to like 10, and then it's like, okay, go to the hotel and then just like say, look, how's the day? And then get a late dinner and then like go to bed and then 6 o'clock you're up again. It's 12 o'clock in Denmark, do a little email, see if there's anything, and then from 8 o'clock, you know. If you have to start early, if you have to go to Bronx, Harlem, then, you know, then you have to take train to get there, and you use like half an hour, 45 minutes. And sure. if you want to be there 9, then you have to, okay, you have to leave the house 8-ish to get up and get the day, something out of the day. So if you can go to Harlem, Bronx, whatever, and then you need to go into the city or back to Brooklyn, then then you can do a lot of stuff instead of like sleep long and then get up, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then the days go, of course, some artists, there's also night birds and not early birds. Do you go there a lot? Yeah, I was, last year I was in uh, New York four times and LA once. So, yeah, I love the States. Mm. Have you ever lived there? For three months, mm. not not more than that. Yeah. Do you ever consider it? I would still love to move to New York. I think it's... Speaking of money, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, to, to find out what you should do, of course, you should, before you move, you should you have find out. a little out. business plan there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I would love to live in New York. I think it's an amazing city. Well, it is overwhelming. Uh, I had an art teacher, uh, I went to school for a month in L.A. in a program there who was from New York and was in L.A. because uh, he had according to him, unfortunately married a woman from Los Angeles and had mm-hmm. a kid and stuff, you know, and he was always like, oh, fucking LA, the traffic shitty, you know? And he said to us, he was like, just look, you look at New York. It's like man challenged the gods and he won. You look at LA. It's like man challenged the gods and he lost. <laughs> and like, you know, I like both cities. I'm not, you know, I'm not from either. So I don't really have a dog in this fight, but he has a point, you know, Manhattan has to be one of the craziest goddamn places on earth. Yeah, but still, I think when when you are at Manhattan, it's it's 
of course there's traffic a lot of things goes on but you know it's like you know you can still just go around the corner walk some few blocks and then you can be out of everything right of course if you're if uh, Times square or fifth avenue it's something else you know um, that's the thing there's everything on this tiny little island exactly but, but it's also things. like you can also quick get out of it yeah. yeah you know it's not like you have to walk like three hours to get up but you can just like two three blocks bang you're out of it yeah yeah it's varied it's very varied i lived in chicago for five years it's also a great city I've heard I've never been. It's actually really nice. Uh, it's nice. It has that Aarhus thing. It has that underdog. Uh, every time someone gets great, they leave, God damn it, kind of thing. Uh, and so you have a lot of like artist-run spaces and uh, kind of a punk rock mentality to it. Uh, but, you know, they do have the brain drain. Every time something gets or someone gets some success or whatever, they usually move to New York or L.A. Uh, yeah. Everyone I went to school with doesn't live in Chicago anymore. Ashi Johnson, Robert Davis, they are both from Chicago. Maximum Schubert, they moved from Chicago to New York. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I mean, because it's a big city. It's 8 million people. So there's a lot of art there. Um, but back to the collection here. I kind of awkwardly talked earlier about about the role of collectors in Denmark uh and how maybe they don't have, uh, in my naive uh, American eyes, as much uh, of a role here in Denmark. But you mentioned shortly that you thought they did have kind of a powerful, uh, not powerful, but an important role here. Do you see that as more like a guiding force for popular opinion in the art world or like a supporting role? Or what do you see it as? Yeah, everywhere collectors have have power, and, and collectors in in Denmark have powers and can have power, but it's not like it's used in the same way like a lot of somewhere else. You know, it's I don't feel like if like ten collectors buy the same pieces, like the collectors want to bring the artist like a hit. You know, it's 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 more like the artist or the collectors do it. Because of the art, not of because of the money. Yeah. And that's very important. Like a lot of places in the States, it's like 15, 20 of the biggest collectors buy a piece and then they all just wanted to expand and the pieces to raise money value in like half an hour. So they all of them like push it, push it, push it, push it, push it and talk about it. And then like everybody wants it. And then it's from one day to another day, the right. artist was drinking water and eating bread and the next day he's living on a three-star mid-shilling restaurant it's uh, the oscar marillo oscar marillo actually have a talent you know i couldn't even mention other artists which i don't think i have a talent but was just brought up i think oscar have a huge talent he's he deserved it but it, it, it but it happens so fast you know yeah. it's that thing you're talking about where like all of a sudden boom I remember, I remember, but still, he he he's he's a great artist, and mm -hmm. he, the pieces he's done is is deserved. Mm -hmm. You know, you can take like I don't know how many hundreds of artists who I don't think personally did anything more than just was a hype. All right, let's name them one to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of rude, so no, I'm, I'm not going to. You could imagine yourself. Yeah, no, we all have that list, you know. That's uh, that's that's I think part and parcel for the game. Um, exactly. The nice thing is that it's it's a lot less one directional now. That there is corners and areas, and you know, yeah, fuck those guys over there. But we also have our face. You know, there is that like it's it's more open now. There's more areas. There's more fields. There's more directions. It's all kind of going in different different ways. Uh, which which is nice because that gives people who you don't necessarily like, or even worse, back in the day when nobody you liked was making it. Uh, you know, but but what do you think? I mean, do you see do you see any of what you do as an investment? No, it's a passion of art, and because I love it. Because it's really gone uh, inflation investment in the art market. That's really at the top end, but when things get to a certain point, it becomes super heated. You know. Uh, is that a problem for you? No, it's not a problem. You know, you can just look at it and don't pay attention to it. You know, it's if I buy an artist and I like it, I like the quality of the art, and it's what everybody else do is none of my business. Yeah, simple. Do you show your collection ever? 
Yeah, I have showed a part of my collection different, like two years ago at Mongrobhus, a part of my collection was there. And mm. I curated a huge graffiti show in 2012 at Kunsten at Aalborg also. A lot of my mm. graffiti stuff was there. So, And then I have pieces nearly all the time going around different museums in the world i guess you get requests a lot for work to be shown it happens it happens uh because if you get to be known as a person who uh, owns works of a significant stature then people want to borrow it for shows that's correct do you enjoy that yeah i love it i love that the being pieces part can, of that the pieces somebody else can see them they're not just at storage or sitting at my house yeah no yeah. That makes a lot of sense, and I think uh, I think you have a very healthy attitude towards it because a lot of people do. You know, it seems like it's really split now. There's there's the collectors who do it for status and money, and there's the collectors who do it because they just fucking love it and they can't stop. They, they you know they don't even have a choice really. Uh, exactly. And 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 uh, you know one of them is a lot more fun to work with. Than the other. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Are you part of the uh, Danish collectors union? No. I used to be, but it was too much a kindergarten. So uh, <laughs> a lot of adult meowing. <laughs> I lived, I lived in uh, in good standing, and uh, no, it was too much for me. Yeah, because there is some of that prestige with that group. The whole like, God damn it, look, I have all this money. Look, look what I can do. Look what I can afford. You know, they get together to show off their collections to each other, etc. Yeah, you know, it's it's all about the size. You know, it's if you know you have a huge one, you don't need to to show it around. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah, you know, if they want to play around and say they have a huge one, it's fine by me. <laughs> I know the truth. Yeah, you know about their small ones. Exactly. <laughs> what about, uh, I mean, you run this blog, which is actually a great resource. Uh, what's the name of the JP, the Brask Art blog? Braskart.com. Yeah. In which you do a lot of, uh, mostly studio visits, as far as I can tell. Studio visits and um, uh, a lot of, you know, I take a lot of pictures at the, uh, at graffiti. Mm-hmm. And I take all the pictures myself and mm-hmm. I uh, just post them on um, on um, uh, on the blog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you do that for you mostly or what? I just do it by myself because uh, as well I like... Uh, I like to take pictures, and um, I like to show, you know, graffiti. I still love graffiti, so I take pictures here from associates from artist studios and trains or graffiti walls or whatever, and I post openings and pictures from openings, what I think is fun. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, there's nothing else like it as far as I know around uh, here in Denmark. No, there's a a lot of blogs was like either it's graffiti or like fine art, but... Yeah, or like, you know, interviews, critical interviews and discussions with artists. Yeah, I don't really do that. And I don't like, if there's a book lounge, I don't post it. It's like, it has to be an opening with art. Yeah, yeah. Either a gallery, museum or something else. And then pictures I take. If I go to Barcelona and think there's a lot of great street art, then I can post it. It's all about the picture. Exactly. Did uh, what about the book? So you made this uh, handsome, handsome book, which is also the studio visits. Exactly, and that thing's everywhere. It's it's around. It's around, yeah, uh, and it looks good. I mean, those are are really nice photos. Did you take all those too? Yes, yes. Thank you. I took all the photos. It is like a part of the book. Like I did everything, so it's like my project. Hats off, sir. They look good. Thank you. Uh, but what, what was the impetus with that book? Was that also just kind of sharing? Uh, sharing and, you know, I have the opportunity and I can go to a lot of studio and, and I wanted to show people how it is and how the artist works and um, people who don't have the same possibilities to go to studios mm-hmm. like I have. I was just like I want to show and I think it was be fun to see like some studios are really clean, some are messy and the variation of the studios and uh, there's a Morten Knudsen, Danish guy, he's at the uh, third year at the Academy in Copenhagen and then there's like Julian Schnabel who's not a young cat anymore, cat anymore, like a, a huge star and mm-hmm. you have... And you went to New York, John Copeland and... Exactly, Wes Lang, Eddie Martinez... Peter Dimas, Maximilian Schubert, Robert Davis, mm. Joyce Penzance, so you name it, that's like 
seven Danish artists, three from Britain, and 30 American artists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I assume that uh, it's not a good business proposition to make a book like that. You it's not. You don't get you don't make any, <laughs> you don't make any money of doing a book like that. So no. What is it about a studio visit that's so um, interesting to you? It's intense and it's it's like it's more than going home to people's private home. It's and to look behind the curtain. Exactly, and you have to. The artist also have to to like you, and you can you can get a studio visit. But if you've been there a lot of time and the artist likes you, then you can. You can actually see when the artists are painting. You can see some unfinished. Yeah, and you can see, you know, a lot of the artists have been there for like hours, so they have been painting when I've been there. And, mm. you know, I've seen a white canvas turned into a piece of art, and that piece of art can be in a museum now. So it's 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 pretty amazing, and that's a lot about the book, like documentation and showing. Like you said, John Copeland, he was actually painting. I've seen his studio, I don't know, like, 50, 60, 100 times, a lot of times. And um, one of the paint, uh, pictures in the book, he's, he's actually painting when I'm there. So I was like really close, sneaking in with the camera. And he was like, he didn't care. It was just like hmm. painting. Yeah, I would say that's probably fairly rare because there's nothing worse than showing unfinished work, you know, because it's just not there yet, you know. And uh, I know, I know, I know. But, you, but then, you know, the artists also know, like you talked about if you were going to post anything on Instagram or the blogs, you know, you talk about, they say like, please post that. And of course you don't do it. And if they know they can trust you, then you, you have them. You have that access. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it seems to me like that's one of the big interests you have is, 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 is access. And I don't mean access in the bad way. I don't mean that in the VIP way. No, 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 no. I I mean, access in an interest, in an exploration of of art making whether it's graffiti whether it's uh painting you know just watching it happen yeah you're you're there when it happens do you see that in final artworks that you buy do you see the process in it or do you see that more as the 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 end line i see it in like and like when it's done deal yeah what about you have this collection of about 500 artworks do you uh, do you have any favorites? Do you do you have like a special relationship? No, to I, any I, of them? I I have to all of them. It's 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 like kids. All of them. It's like you don't love one more than all. You you love them all, and maybe some days it's like one piece, and the other day it's another piece. Mm. Mm. What are you excited about right now? What's uh, what's out there right now, which is catching your eye? Mm, I think a lot of stuff. Like there's not there's not like I have any like new really. But I think there's like a lot of lot of good stuff going on. Still like a lot of good classics. I still love and like and look at it. It's 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 a good variation. Do you, are you paying attention to young up and coming artists too? Yeah, a lot, sticking? a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Mm. Love the young and up and coming. Mm. That's really emerging artist. Why is that? Do you think? I still, it's, I still think it's very nice to see them when they're young and support them and be there instead of it's, of course, Teller is still heavy when he sells paintings, but it's, he can still sleep tonight if I don't buy a painting by him. But some of the young artists, they, you know, can actually. They might be able to pay rent that month. Exactly. And they maybe don't have to go to a cafe and serve cafe lattes instead of pay attention to the artwork in the studio. Boy, isn't that the truth? It's always a question of time, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, whether you have a lot of it or, you know, it kind of reminded me of the artist's life when you were talking about being in New York and having that day where it's like, you know, you have to hustle and it's, it's, it's almost no matter what. It is a hustle. Uh, Every day is a hustle. Do you have a hard time keeping the energy up or is it? Uh, no, not a problem at all. I think that's one of the big differences. Almost every guest we've ever had on this show has been people who who like the hustle. They like to get up in the morning and fucking go for it, you know? Exactly. That's You have to do it. That's the part of the game. Well, what's next? You know, are you just going to keep going? Or you got any uh, any big plans? Uh, I'm working on the book number two. Studio oh, yeah? visit number two. And um, Is that just more, more of the same? More of the good stuff? Or are you doing something a little different this time? It's 40 new artists. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think like... 
I've been taking the pictures the last year. So it's, I think I need like a couple of more artists and then I'm ready to to go to to go to my designer mm. and we have to make the book. It's fun making books. It's a lot of fucking work, but it's it's really nice. Yeah. But it is a, a quite a, a job to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate You're welcome. it. Thanks for the invitation. I have one final question for you. Uh, do you have any? Uh, it's a terrible question, but I have to ask it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the one to answer. <laughs> What's uh, what, what do you think the point of art is? What's it all for? It's about um, you know that we have to 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 learn and listen, and we have to. Uh, I think it's very important that we learn something and we get inspired of the art in one way or another way. So it's it's it can be like you can get inspired now or later, or you can see it now, or maybe you see it later. But it gives us something, you know. Even if we pass the street out on the street graffiti or go to museums, it gives us something. And most important, it gives something to talk about. So artists, you know, you talk and you make conversation. That's a good one, actually. That's Thank the whole you. reason this show exists. Exactly. It's conversation. Cool, man. Thanks a bunch. You're welcome. All right. That was Jens Peter Blask. Be sure to check out his website. There'll be a link to that on the show notes for this episode. And you can catch him out there taking pictures of trains. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Undergang Armchair. Intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by Saberlike. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our train bombing of a website, undergang.net. This show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us, and have a wonderful Easter.